Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Road Trip to Wellness podcast. My name is Rona Dixon, and I am your host, bringing you all things spiritual for your health and wellness needs. Um, Well, not all things spiritual, but everything, um, new ideas, new thoughts, new ways of doing things um, for your health and wellness. And so I'm really, really excited today to have our special guest with us today. And she is a special guest. Um, I've known Dr. LJ Rose for about a year now. Um, I enrolled in the Natural Wellness Academy and we'll talk about that in just a little bit, but I just wanna do a quick introduction to this amazing lady. Dr. Linda Joy Rose is PhD, is a therapist, author, professional speaker, international trainer and academy founder with over 25 years of experience. The author of eight books, she has a regular healthy living contributor to the Huffington Post and has frequently starred as a healthy living expert on eHow and Tampa NBC affiliate Daytime TV. As a former director of international development for the American Board of Hypnotherapy, she is a pioneer in subconscious dynamics and clinical hypnotherapy worldwide. She also spearheaded a healthy lifestyle retraining program with an AstraZeneca Foundation grant at one of the nation's largest clinics. Dr. Rose developed her practical and delicious eating philosophy to overcome a debilitating autoimmune disorder, which she combined with her background in psychology to launch the Academy's coaching program. Dr. LJ says from training therapists internationally in the fields of psychology and hypnotherapy to being an online mentor for two West Coast universities to founding the Natural Wellness Academy, teaching has always been my passion. I enjoy nothing more than informing and inspiring prospective coaches and therapists. Dr. LJ resides in Tampa, Florida, and is currently working, wow, on her ninth book, this time, a metaphysical historical novel. Welcome, Dr. LJ Thank you, Rona. A a big audience and applause from from me (laughs) and everyone around the world. Thank you so much for being here with us. I am so, so, so excited to talk to you today about hypnosis and hypnotherapy um, and all the things that come along with that, like past life regression, um, manifestation, just being creative. I just cannot wait to dive into all of this with you. Uh, But first, I just wanted to um, have you tell us a little bit about you and what you do, because I know you through the Natural Wellness Academy, met you through my friend, my best friend who was taking a class through you, and she was thoroughly amazed by it all. And so I took a look at the Academy website and I was like, oh, this, this, yeah. This you doctor. were one of the first for the spiritual wellness program because that oh, was brand new. Really? Yeah, I yeah, did. that was actually brand new when you signed up. Oh wow! Well, mm-hmm. as you heard, I am part of the spiritual wellness uh, specialist certification. But before we get into that, I will let Dr. LJ tell you a little bit about her. Please tell us about you, Dr. LJ. Well, going backwards a little bit, um, I was studying to be a psychologist. And I always was interested in working with other cultures and languages. I actually was a Spanish language court interpreter at the time that I was doing my doctorate. I lived in Southern California from Chicago, the Midwest, like you, originally. And then, um, I, you know, it was going to be, I wanted to be a Jungian psychoanalyst. And this would be following the tradition of Carl Jung, who was kind of like the second most known next to Freud. In fact, Freud was his mentor until they fell out. And I am so fascinated. I mean, you are now being exposed to more and more about the archetypes, you know, and so even though I didn't stay in Jungian psychotherapy, I still use the archetypes and everything that I create. So at the time um, I had been invited to go to a hypnotherapy weekend and it was This was back in the 80s and the idea was to train people in hypnotherapy how to work with people who were seriously ill to help with their pain their suffering and at the time my mother was dying of cancer so i took this hypnotherapy weekend and i suddenly became fascinated by the field because it is really a fascinating field 
So within a few months, because if I had gone on to be a Jungian analyst, even beyond my doctorate, I would have had to go for like another seven to 10 years of training. And what I saw about hypnotherapy was that it was going to be able to do the job in a very, very small percentage of the time because analysis can take decades, you know, certainly years. And at the time I was working in the Hispanic community and I was like, you know, people don't have the time. They don't have the money. They want to start feeling better immediately. And that is what interested me in hypnotherapy. So I changed my major to cross-cultural psychology. And that's what I did my PhD in. And I opened my practice in California in the Hispanic community, a hypnotherapy practice, which was amazingly busy because wow, it was yeah. like everybody in the world had been waiting for somebody to do hypnotherapy. And so um, I not only would sometimes have as many as 60 to 100 people on a waiting list for therapy, I did, I had my own radio show. I did a lot of Spanish language TV. They, they used to fly me out to Miami all the time, you know, to be on a show out there. Um, and also I wrote a column for the Teleguia, you know, the TV guide. And so I had a big following at the time. And with my specialty being working in different cultures, you know, I'm not Hispanic, but I love the culture and worked in the culture. And then I was invited to work in Japan. And so I introduced hypnotherapy in Japan. I started that in 1992. And then I was named the Director of International Development for the American Board of Hypnotherapy, which at the time was in Southern California. And so I would travel the world opening up new markets. But my biggest gig, you know, I used to say that was my morning commute, was going to Tokyo every month uh, to, wow. to teach people. Yeah, living in, in California at the time. I live in Florida now, but at the time I was in California. Dr. LJ, you said something very interesting. Like you said, it was like everybody in the world was waiting for hypnotherapy. And I find that very interesting because I mean, the way, like many things, the way it's sold to us is like, you know, what you see on TV, you're going to get hypnotized and your eyes are doing these little swirling Stage things. Hypnosis, and it's like, right? you know, it's all of this, which of course, as I'm diving into much of the information that you have provided for me and a lot of what we know, it's just not true. It is absolutely just not true. So that you, that you can control somebody's mind. Well, it, okay. Yeah. So this is really kind of how it happened is back in the 1980s, you know, hypnotherapy has been around for millennia and it was used for shell shock after world war one with people who had experienced severe trauma. And in World War II, when they were running out of anesthesia on the battlegrounds, when they had to do emergency dental surgery, they were using hypnotherapy. So dentists knew about it. It was being used. And then in, I think it was in the mid-1980s that the American Medical Association kind of put their thumbprint on it and said, we approve of this method. So back at the time, you know, when I was training hypnotherapists in Southern California, Dr. Al Krasner who created the American Board of Hypnotherapy, I mean, I'll never forget, he had given us a statistic, and <clears throat> this is in the late 80s at this point, and he said, if 1% of the population of Southern California were to use a hypnotherapist for behavioral modification, and that's one of the aspects, you know, we'll talk about the various different ways you can use hypnotherapy. So behavioral modification means to create a positive life-affirming habit or to change, you know, or cease a negative habit. He said there would not be enough hypnotherapists to go around. That is how wide open the field was. And, and, you're, and you're right. I mean, here we are 30 something years later, and I would have hoped that there would be more enlightenment. And certainly there is. But the interesting thing about the, the Hispanic community is that even though some of what they are about is magical thinking, you know, because they have a, a belief in, in, in kind of like some of the, um, I'm using the word witchcraft, but it's really a lot more complex than that. And I would do TV shows to kind of explain how this was, you know, just really they were just using power of suggestion on people. But they're also extremely evolved and open to alternative therapies. You know, 
almost, you know, I would have to say over 50% of my client base, which was really large, were open to, they knew more about herbs and, mm -hmm. you know, doing detoxes and cleansing and so many things. And that's why they were waiting for hypnotherapy because there really was nobody doing hypnotherapy at the time. Um, but yes, I, you know, you, you, I think it's a very good time for hypnotherapy because people are open to it. But it's like I say, it still surprises me 30 something years later, how some of these myths, you know, it's so, disinformation. I mean, look what we're going through right now. I mean, this is evergreen, but we are in a situation of a pandemic that people are being misinformed about. So misinformation creates fears. And so there is a lot of false misinformation about hypnotherapy. It's been interpreted completely 180 degrees wrong from what it really is. And that brings fears up into people. You know, people are afraid of, oh, they're going to control me. They're going to make me do something I don't want to do. And, and that's never happened. You cannot do that with hypnotherapy. Well, and I find too that it's, it, it's made to look real circusy, And it's like, no, this is a real thing. Like mm -hmm. people really get true healing and true help from hypnotherapy. And, so. and very quickly, I would like to say too, that is wow. what changed me. You know, this is why I devoted my career to hypnotherapy rather than to go the route of psychoanalysis is because I was just blown away by how quickly my specialty what kind of put me on the map is helping adults with childhood trauma. So yes, I do past life regression. I can do behavioral modification and certainly we'll discuss all of that. But where I saw the benefit was that, okay, so all of us have gone through some sort of trauma, you know, in our childhood and not all trauma is sexual abuse. I mean, there's become this, you know, kind of, oh, that means you were sexually abused. Not at all. I mean, you can have a trauma of um, a parent getting sick, or dying. You could have a trauma of constantly being told that you're worthless. You can have a trauma of losing, um, you know, a sibling or them being disabled in an accident. There are so many different ways that we're traumatized and we can carry this the whole rest of our lives and it could influence everything that we do, everything that we think about ourselves, everything that we feel about life. And the only way it's going to change is to get into the subconscious mind and transform that identification or that memory. And so this is the, what the power is. You know, when you go to, through psychoanalysis, it's, you're going to analyze your dreams and symbols and you're going to talk therapy for just years and years and years and years. But it is, you might have revelations along the way but i was seeing people who had extreme problems like agoraphobia which is kind of fear of going outside that in a matter of sessions were liberated that's amazing mm -hmm. well what exactly is hypnotherapy and, and is it first of all ask this question we hear hypnosis and hypnotherapy are they mm -hmm. the same thing and are they used interchangeably Okay, so very simply, our mind, you know, like right now, anybody who's watching us or listening to us is using a state of the mind, which is called the beta state of consciousness. And it is the state where the conscious mind is in the dominant position. It's analyzing everything that we're saying. It's deciding whether it's believable, acceptable, true, applicable. Now, we also, when we go to sleep, you know, hopefully we get into that theta brain you know, uh, where we get the very deep, you know, the theta and the deltas is when we sleep. But there's another state called the alpha state. And that is when we're starting to fall asleep. That is when, let's say, we're driving and, you know, because we know how to drive, it takes over, but we don't even remember the last few miles. So this alpha state of mind is simply a state that we go in and out of a dozen times a day, where the subconscious mind then takes the dominant position. And it's very open to suggestion because the subconscious mind is probably close to 80% of our mind, but it is in when we are in this beta state of awareness, it's in this subordinate position. So that is hypnosis. Hypnosis is a state that we go in and out of about a dozen times a day. So really all hypnosis is self-hypnosis. When somebody hypnotizes you, 
that's called heterohypnosis. They're using what they know about hypnosis to guide you, to be your tour guide. But we do enough damage to ourselves yeah. all day long by going into these unintentional states of hypnosis so that we wind up kind of getting used by our minds because we don't understand how the mind works. So one could say, for instance, that the very first six years of life, we are in a completely hypnotic dominant state because the subconscious is is dominant and we're just barely as we start getting over six years old developing the you know the the powers of the conscious mind which are reasoning uh deductive reasoning logic willpower all of these intellect you know is building but what we're taking in for those first six years is making these indelible impressions on our subconscious mind and they are going to influence they create a belief system and that belief system generates an attitude and that attitude generates feelings and those feelings generate actions and ultimately we're just going to keep living the same thing over and over and over again because it generates from that subconscious impression that was made. And, you know, 90% of the time, those impressions are false. I mean, talk about misinformation. We were unwittingly given information about ourselves. So what I always tell people, it's really not what happened to you, Rona, in your childhood. It's what, it's how you interpreted it. And it's how, what you told yourself about yourself or life or the world in general that is ultimately creating these problems that you know keep happening so hypnotherapy then you ask so hypnotherapy is the deliberate work with somebody who's been trained in the subconscious mind and how it communicates and how to communicate to the subconscious mind hypnotherapy is when you are using these states intentionally in order to be able to take yourself to a higher octave Lot, Dr. LJ, why are why are people so afraid of it then? If it's if it's here to help us, if it's here to heal us, it's it's the Hollywood way that you know of disinformation. You know, you were seeing it in movies like Spengali, and I really I don't like shows you know that are the um, stage shows of hypnosis because if the hypnotist is not using the hypnotic phenomena is a teaching tool like for instance you can get somebody up there and you can get them to like oh feel like they're very cold or to bark like a dog you know which is the typical thing that we see but if at the same time you're not saying now i'm entertaining you but let's talk about the real therapeutic values then this is really i think malpractice right and, for sure um you know in the hispanic community i was on a lot of television programs and there was a program i i I don't know if it still exists, but it was like the most seen program in the world because you have a lot of Hispanic, Spanish speaking people throughout Latin America, you know, and it was it was called Sabado Gigante or Big Saturday. And I was invited several times on that show and I would not go on that show because I had seen that they would make fun of hypnosis and I did not want to be involved with anything that was not serious. You know, I was the person who brought serious hypnosis to the Hispanic community, eventually to Japan, to other countries. And so, you know, I'm not averse to somebody playing with hypnosis as long as they're going to utilize it as a teaching tool at the same time, rather than just perpetuating this myth that you can control somebody and make them do something ridiculous, something dangerous, or something that is against their will, because that is absolutely not true. LJ, so um, I know you were in the Hispanic community um, largely, but if somebody, what would be the person that would come for hypnotherapy? What would I be, what is your typical client or what are some, who are some of your clients? What are they coming to okay, get healing well, for? You know, throughout the years, you know, and it, it was not just in the Hispanic community, but um, you have, you have several categories. You have the people who are looking to change habits. This is behavior modification. So this would be typically people who want to quit smoking, who want to lose weight, who want to create better study habits. Maybe they're biting their fingernails. Maybe they have a new job that requires that they do public speaking. 
And so they want to be able to overcome this, you know, anything that would require reaching the subconscious mind. Because I was so well known of being, you know, uh, a specialist in childhood trauma, I worked with, with thousands of adults, you know, over the years who had, who recognized that they were not, you know, fully present in their lives, or, you know, perhaps they could see themselves doing some of the same mistakes that were done through their parents with their children and wanted to get a handle on it. Um, they were having, you know, trouble, you know, reaching, you know, a point where they were really abundant, you know, it could be any number of things. And then there were, you know, when I started working in other countries in Japan, there were the people who had the curiosity of, you know, past life regression. And um, even though I have never pushed the idea that, you know, that does not mean that reincarnation exists because I teach many theories of which, you know, you're in the course that you're learning about that. Um, many theories, including that, that it could be a metaphor from your subconscious mind that is trying to teach you something and it's using a tale to teach you something. So I did a lot of past life regression and taught really, really taught probably well over a thousand people in my career because I became more of a trainer of hypnotherapists and then eventually a trainer of trainers because they went on with hypnotherapy for these past 30 years. You know, I, I, you know, I was still going for a few years, but eventually really I felt like this belongs to them. This is their country. Um, I mean, even after the first few years if somebody wanted a, 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 a consultation with me, I would say, let's do something else because I'm not going to compete with my hypnotherapists who are very well trained and half the session is going to be taken up in interpretation and translation, you know, and so it's not economically feasible. Let's, and I did more of the spiritual counseling with them, you know, because we had a lot of phenomenal hypnotherapists that had been trained, you know, through my programs in Japan. Do you feel like, cause you were in California mm -hmm. at that time, um, because I just don't hear about hypnotherapy a lot here in the Midwest. So is it more? Um, well, yeah, I mean, you know, Calif yeah, I mean, California is always California. more open, you know, to course, alternatives. Yes. But I, you know, I, because I've belonged to many organizations, you know, international organizations, the American Board of Hypnotherapy was huge, you know, in my time. And we have hypnotherapists all over the country, you know, in Indiana, in, in Illinois, in the Midwest. Um, there are a lot of psychologists that refer, like since I came to Tampa, you know, I really didn't want to start a private practice here, but I would take referrals from psychologists who felt like they could only get so far with the client, you know, that maybe this client really, we needed to kind of go into childhood and look for the, you know, some traumas there, or maybe they had a tremendous curiosity about past life regression. So I would do referrals that way, but it's, it's actually quite a busy profession and not difficult to monetize because there is so much interest. Now you might be in a pocket, you know, of where people, um, it, it, I think, uh, I think there are a lot of um, areas of the country, you know, one would call the Bible belt where maybe there is, they, there, there's a thought that there is something satanic about it, but it is the most natural thing in the world because we spend a very good portion of our lives in this hypnotic, Sub, you know, subconscious, you know, dominant state. So there's really, again, this is just, you know, fairy tales and misconceptions. Would you say, because we talk a lot about spirituality, of course, but would you say mm -hmm. that hypnotherapy is a spiritual experience? Or could it be? It could be a spiritual ex experience. It's a very natural experience. You know, this, you know, it's, it's natural to be in the state, as I mentioned, about a dozen times a day. It's called the ultradium. Like we have the circadian rhythms, you know, where we are awake during the daytime and we sleep at night, you know, similar to certain mammals, we have the circadian rhythms. We also have the ultradium rhythms, which is when we go into these subconscious you know, dominant states. I speak a lot about this in my book, Your Mind, the Owner's Manual. Um, so it, but you can utilize hypnotherapy as a way to tap into your spirituality, um, whether it is um, doing guided imagery to overcome something that is a blockage, or whether it is perhaps finding where is this pattern 
if you do a series of past life regressions with somebody, where, where does this pattern come from so that you could look at the bigger picture of things. But in and of itself, it's, it's more natural than it is spiritual. Love it. And you've mentioned several times past life regression. Mm -hmm. What exactly is that? Well, it would be based on the theory of reincarnation, that life is eternal and that when we transition out of life, you know, we spend some time prepping and then we make a choice to re be reborn as an opportunity to perhaps begin to evolve and take ourselves to higher octaves of evolution. Um, now, um, as I mentioned, there are a lot of different uh, philosophies about reincarnation. Um, one of them, you know, the Jungian approach would be that we, it's not that we've lived before, it's like you're tapping into an archetype and you are recalling a life lived, but not necessarily a, you know, so you don't have to believe in reincarnation for it to be effective as a hypnotherapeutic modality. I have a case I, I'd love to share with you, you know, because I think it's, it's, so um, when I worked in the Hispanic community, I have a close friend. Um, I was living at this point in Orange County in Newport Beach, and she lived in Newport. And she would always go with me when I was doing a weekend training in the Hispanic community. And she was kind of like my touchstone. You know, it's always nice when you're doing a workshop to have somebody that you know there. You know, it's kind of your anchor point. And um, she was a really great hypnotic subject. She loved hypnosis. She, she was raised Catholic, but she had become, through her marriage, um, she was divorced at the time, she had become a, like a born-again Christian, and, and so she did not at all believe in reincarnation. She was a great subject, and one day we had a little extra time after lunch, and I did a past life regression on her, and she said, I'm open to it, you know, even though I don't believe in it, I'm open to it, and she she had this beautiful life, like let's say it was, I think it was in the 1700s, and it was in Iceland, and she, her first memory was she was riding this beautiful white horse, and she married this this guy named Edward, and, and they were they were very happy together. They it was like her soulmate, and then, you know, he died rather young. Anyways, you know, and afterwards she said, she said it really made her think, you know, because it, it felt so real to her. And her sister, who was a nun, was visiting, and we were talking, and her nun said, I absolutely believe in past life, which we thought was very interesting. But um, a couple months later, she had come, I was coming back from Japan, and she had decided she'd pick me up from the airport. You know, I lived in Orange County, and it was like a two or three hour commute, you know, from LAX, because there was so much traffic. And we always would go to breakfast when she'd pick me up, and she said, uh, we're trying to figure out where we want to go to breakfast. She goes, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, let's, let's talk about something else. She goes, what do you think of my ring? What do you think of my engagement ring? And I'm like, what? I've only been gone three weeks. You're engaged? <laughs> like, to who? You know? And she, she said she was driving, you know, on the freeway and her car broke down and this guy stopped and, you know, helped her kind of fix it. And they exchanged numbers. And, you know, eventually he called her because he liked her and he, he, she lived on Balboa Island in Newport Beach, a beautiful place. And he came to visit her and they took a walk around the island and there was this full moon. And all of a sudden she said, LJ, I looked at him and it was Edward. He no. was my husband from the past life. I knew that that was Edward. Now this was somebody that didn't believe at all, you know? And again, I have no, I have absolutely no attachment to people believing or not believing. Like I yes. say, you don't have to believe in it. You know, I don't intend to ever come up against anybody's belief systems. I would love for people just to, so, excuse me, soften and open their minds, you know, because I personally think that there is, that all time is occurring at once. And I subscribe to the oversoul theory, which you're going to learn a lot about in the spiritual wellness. But well, you, a little bit, you've already seen that, you know, in the module that you just finished too. But um, but it really, you know, again, you know, to, to be, I think, a very a good coach, a good therapist, a good spiritual wellness um, life coach is to meet people where they're at. And so, you know, in Japan, I, I was so well known and I was constantly on TV and being interviewed and on the radio. You know, I was the person who introduced hypnotherapy. And I remember this one um, interview and they were, he was just kept asking me, do you believe, do you believe in past life regression, and I said, um, you know, I, I didn't really want to, you know, say what I believed in, because in Japan, they tend to put the teacher, the sensei, 
on a pedestal. And I didn't want to influence anybody. I don't do not like to put footprints in anybody's, you know, subconscious or path, you know, that way, you know, and, but afterwards I said, you know, just but off the record. Yes, I do believe that we somehow transform because we know from physics, the energy is neither created nor destroyed. It simply transforms. And so, you know, when you got up this morning, nobody, you know, nobody plugged you in and nobody, you know, wound right. you up and nobody, yeah. you know, put in new batteries, you know, you are energy. And if you look at somebody deceased, you know, they don't look the same because that energy is missing. So that energy must go somewhere. And I think that, you know, because I've done so many past lives, but I'm not totally certain that when I do a past life with somebody that that means that they lived that life before. Again, it could just be information coming from the subconscious in a story form, which is a way we learn very well. We learn through myths and fables and stories. So I just look at it that way. I don't want people to have magical thinking because really, Rona, the most important life that you have ever lived is the one that you're living right now because you are a seeker. You are seeking. You are looking to expand your mind. You're looking to get past you know, these, um, you know, these misconceptions and this fearful thinking and the limited drama, you know, that, that if you've lived before that you probably were caught up in. So this is the most important life. Okay. Okay. Why do you, do you feel like, oh, I'm, trying, I'm kidding because my mind is like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I have so much going through. But we've gotten so far away from being open to and you talked a little bit about that just what we have been told and you know just things that have just shaped us um how do you use hypnotherapy again um just in a deeper detail just what can people expect i, I mean really if you do meditation it's a form of hypnotherapy if you oh. do guided imagery it is a form of hypnotherapy I mean, any time, like if I were to say to you right now, close your eyes and tell me, what did you have for dinner last night? You know, you're going into the first stages of the hypnotic state because you are drawing information from the past. So it can be used from anything to um, get you to kind of diffuse time. Like you're saying, you know, think about it, you know, think about um, or pain. You know, uh, think about, for instance, if you were walking on the beach with somebody that you're just totally in love with and you're just like newly in love or you're on your honeymoon and you're walking on the beach and suddenly you step on something that like a sharp edged, you know, stone or a shell or maybe even a piece of grass, a glass, sorry. And, you know, it would hurt, but you're probably going to get it over, get over it really quickly because you're in a completely different state of mind, you know, where if let's say you walked on something when you're having a really bad day and you step on that, it's just going to intensify and, and, and just your day gets worse. So, so we really, it's, it's because we don't understand how the mind works and how to use the mind to our benefit, Rona, we get used by our mind. You know, most oh, people yeah. are going through life and they don't have a clue who they are because they're just doing whatever their mind tells them to do and their mind was programmed by people who unfortunately were programmed by people who unfortunately were programmed by people i mean when i started to get into the academy and doing the health coaching and the different kind of coaching i had thought an area of fascination for me was the area of generational hypnotherapy because they say that that trauma is passed down as many as 10 generations. Now, the reason I believe that I was fascinated by hypnotherapy and got into it is because my parents were Holocaust survivors. Mm -hmm. So you talk about trauma, yeah. you know, and of course they would never have been open to it. You know, they were that generation, the greatest generation. They came to this country and people say, Hey, you're safe now. Nobody wants to hear about that. You know, just build your life here. And so they didn't talk about it. They buried it, you know, um, but their buried traumas became my traumas, which would be passed on to my children if I were not going to deal with those traumas. So when we deal with these traumas, when we do our work, we exonerate our parents. 
we cut that chain that we're dragging. You know, if you think about the movie The Christmas Carol and, you know, Ebenezer, you know, was, was or the, you know, the ghost of Christmas past was dragging that chain. That's what we do is we're dragging these chains of generations and, and we're just, and we're putting them on our kids and their kids. You know, most people are born unconscious. They're going to live their lives unconscious. They're going to have children unconsciously. They're going to die unconscious, you know, which is tragic because it's there. It's available to you. Anybody can change. If, if you don't like who you are, you can change it. And it's in past life regression, you doing that work, is that where you go back and you do some of that kind of cutting out? Well, I do, but a lot of past life regressionists are just doing it for the show. You know, like, I'm curious, who was I in a past life? Was I a queen? Was I Cleopatra? Was I famous? Was I this? Was I that? So some people might do that just because you're, you're just curious and you want to know who, who I was. Um, I have techniques that can actually change patterns in the subconscious mind. So if I'm going to do past life regression, it's going to have to have a purpose, a higher purpose, rather than just Absolutely. You know, a, a parlor game. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If somebody is coming for hypnotherapy um, or past life regression work, any type of hypnotherapy like that, to really, like you were just saying, really get true healing and really do the work, how long does something like that take, Dr. LJ? I, my specialization when I was in the Hispanic community, I developed a system called hypnopotential, which has been replicated now in many countries. And I would see a person between eight and 12 times. That's it. Periodically, you know, if they wanted to come in every few months just for a little kind of fine tuning, you know, mm -hmm. of course, but, yes. you know, so if a person had kind of high anxiety, you know, it might might be eight sessions. If it was agoraphobia, it might be 12 sessions. Now you compare that to people who go for years yes. for therapy. I'm mm -hmm. not in the business to make a client dependent upon me. That's there are plenty of people question. out there that need mm -hmm. therapy. I don't have to become attached to any one particular client. You know, I need to kind of push them out of the nest and let them do what they need to do. So it's fast, you know, but most of the work that I do and did is, is around childhood trauma. That is my specialization because I think it all stems from that. Absolutely. I love that. So Dr. LJ, are you doing any of the work still in hypnotherapy at all? Or is it full academy, full on academy? Because I know the academy has taken off and it's doing really great. Um, I'm currently not seeing clients, but those who are in my clinical, we have an essential hypnotherapy skills course, which is more about learning how to do behavioral modification. But we also have the clinical hypnotherapy course, which as of next year will be the only one that I'm mentoring. And anybody in that course, you know, part of the, you know, the caveat, you can do it all online, but we do need to meet up at some point because you need to experience this yourself and you need to practice it too. So those are the ones that I'm working with are my, you know, mentees, my students. And Dr. LJ, please tell us about the hypnotherapy program in the Natural Wellness Academy. I would love to know more about it. Sometimes I get in there and I'm able to look around and see what I'm going to do next. Um, but yeah, tell us a little bit about the hypnotherapy program. Well, everything that we do with the Natural Wellness Academy is based on holism, which means that you have to hit all the areas, body, mind, spirit. You know, so when I um, you know, I was this kind of talking head my whole life. You know, I, I, I think I joke about it, but I, you know, I, it took me till I was like 40 to even realize that I had a body, you know, that I was not just this talking head, you know, and, and it was because I became very ill, you know, all those years that I was traveling, I had an autoimmune disorder building up. I didn't know it. And, and, you know, the, the traveling different time zones, different food, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I'm totally open to different cultures and different food, but my body was falling apart. And, um, you know, I became interested in holistic health and that was really kind of how I started the academy was that health coaching, this is late 2012, health coaching was becoming a thing. But what I could see is that health coaches, they can tell you what you ought to be doing, what you should be eating, what you shouldn't be eating. But you know what? That is the most ingrained, next to breathing, the most ingrained habit that we have is eating because when we eat every one of us at least three times a day we're going to be making those choices and feeding our body so it's very deeply ingrained and so just telling a person what they ought to be doing 
doesn't mean that you're going to help them create these new positive life affirming habits or getting rid of the negative habits that are blocking them. And so I was the first school to come out with this, okay, we're going to teach you about the body, but we're also going to teach you about the mind and how to create habits. Like you've already done the intro to mind dynamics, yeah. which is what all the students get. And of course the spirit, you know, in the holistic health and life coaching, they, they do a little bit of, you know, spiritual to understand because it's all integrated. And so, um, when when we first started we would do this workshop here in tampa and then of course we're you know we're all over the world now and it was hard for people to come here so we we really saw that we didn't need to we videotaped what we needed to videotape but i would do this one piece on hypnosis and i have these wonderful diagrams that i can you know send you the links to that really like when you see it you know just diagrammed out you just understand it so fully and every time i would do that they were like why don't you teach hypnotherapy? <laughs> so, you know, I put it out there that, okay, we'll do a basic course because it is a wonderful adjunct to anybody in any of the helping businesses, even in human resources, you know, even in coaching and therapy, anything to understand the intro to mind dynamics and the essential hypnotherapy skills, you have monetizable skills that are going to be help people, you know. Um, and then for those who wanted to go deeper, you know, into the childhood trauma aspect, the past life regression, the epigenetics, you know, understanding how hypnosis can help you improve your health, all of these things. That is the clinical hypnotherapy course, the advanced hypnotherapy. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. And I can't wait to learn more about it and to send more folks there, Dr. LJ. Um, can you tell us any more about the Natural Wellness Academy, what you're working on now, um, what people can expect Sure. Uh, moving forward, because Dr. LJ, it's gotten really big, really quickly. I mean, yeah. I well, am you know, so we, excited. We, we didn't know what was going to happen in the pandemic last year. We thought, well, you know, just kind of spiritual surrender. We don't know what's going to happen, and we boomed because. Um, people were starting to look at, well, what can I do virtually? You know, this is a whole new world, you know, because where we're at right now, I mean, with all these variants, we just don't know when, when it's going to be really safe again. And they were also, they had time on their hands, you know, people who were in lockdown, you know, had time to study. So we, you know, we really kind of exploded, but, um, back in 2016, you know, we had started adding other courses. We had started with the holistic health and life coaching, you know, I had added in the hypnotherapy, but. I had a friend who um, was helping a lot of cancer patients using the full cannabis extract oil or what's called Rick Simpson oil. And I would just like uh, spending time with her, I felt like she was Scheherazade and she was just weaving me into this world of tales. And um, even though I, I've always been a fan of cannabis, I didn't know that much about what it could do medically. Um, I, I did have some ideas on mentally and spiritually, but, um, I told her, I said, it feels to me like there need to be cannabis coaches. And that's actually a thing. We were the only, the second ones. Um, it fills a gap in the world of medical cannabis because the doctors who make the recommendations to patients, a lot of them are not really truly educated. They're just, you know, there are good doctors out there, but a lot of them are, are, are strictly in it for the money, you know, because it's, it's very profitable you know, in states. And then you have the dispensaries and these are employees that perhaps, you know, are making like $15 an hour, they get a bud tender uh, education, but they don't really, really have the time. And, and it's every patient needs different dosages, what's called titration. They need different delivery systems. They need somebody to listen to them and to fine tune their medical cannabis experience. So we started that and that has been very, very big for us. That is our biggest course. Um, we're working with um, a major doctor, a Harvard doctor who wants to also vet our course for a large association. And um, I had been thinking of doing a spiritual wellness program back from like 2017. And there was a woman that I knew. Um, I had met her through watching some of her YouTube videos I was really interested in the I am discourses and um, we started communicating. She was in California. I was going out to California. We even met up. She even stayed one night, you know, at, at the hotel with me. And 
we had talked about doing, I, I didn't feel, you know, that I felt like I needed somebody to do this program with me. And we had done some feasibility studies. And one of the things that we knew that people really wanted to learn was how to tap into their intuition through the divinatory arts and the tools. You know, and some of these, again, are things that scare people, you know, tarot, astrology, crystals, numerology. But we wanted to show people, you know, um, kind of broad strokes about these and let everybody decide. Like for me, I am not an astrologer, but an, a natal chart can really hone me in on information on a person. It's a way to tap in. And so she said, no, 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 I don't want to do a course that has divinatory tools. And so we, I knew that we just needed to agree to disagree and not do the course together. And it wasn't an issue because I knew that this was very important and very popular and it has been very popular. So I finally, you know, a little bit before I met you decided, okay, I'm going ahead with this, you know, and Sherry already, you know, we started building the meditation and mindfulness. And I said, I think this needs to be a dual certification. So we have a program where you become an instructor in meditation and mindfulness and, and everything that we do just kind of like flows. Yes. Um, I have a mind dynamics life coach. That's the one that we're looking at for your darling niece, you know, and that is a way of doing life coaching with people, but based on the understanding that really your life, the success or not success of your life has to do with habits, whatever habits that you are doing are either putting you towards success or they're not giving you what you want in life. And so the Mind Dynamics Life Coach is another course. We have one that specializes in the mind-gut um, connection. Another thing that's become very, very, very um, popular, even we have many psychologists in this course, it's called the Sacred Journey Facilitator because there, there's a lot of work being done with trauma right now and with recovery using the ethnogenics, the psychedelics. Now, I personally, don't have um, a real interest in, in, in trying that out, but I'm so fascinated by what you can do with somebody. So I brought in somebody as a subject matter expert. She's phenomenal. And we launched the Sacred Journey Facilitator last year. It's been very, very successful too. So we're constantly adding on new programs based on these niche markets because coaching is still probably like up there with the second or third fastest growing profession in the United States. And people will use coaches, but it, it's becoming more specialized, what are called the niche markets. So um, even in cannabis, which is already a very niche market, there are people who are specializing, let's say in the over 55 community. Some people are specializing in the cancer patients. Some people are working with um, you know, things like, you know, the juvenile problems like ADHD, you know, using CBD and small amounts of THC. So you could find niches or specializations within these coaching too. So we're, we're constantly adding, we're looking at a dating and relationship coach uh, program perhaps next year. And um, it just keeps growing and we love it, you know. And, yes, and, and I love it too. We're going to we're going to start doing retreats next year. We were going to start last year. Obviously, that wasn't going to happen. And um, some that. of them are going to be um, experiential and educational on cannabis. And and these are really, you know, we're going to have them for professionals. But for laypersons, like what I've noticed, I go to Pilates and sometimes I wear these leggings that have cannabis leaves on them. And everybody's like, oh, look at LJ, look at LJ. You know, they're not. And I'll say, you know, we're starting cannabis retreats, you know, this was before we, we went into lockdown last year and afterwards they'd walk up to me you know these 40 50 year old women they'd say i want to go to a cannabis yeah. retreat <laughs> yes because i'm sure you do <laughs> that, that generation you know i'm yes. a baby boomer yes, you but, had but, to be sh sh yeah well because it was a generation when nancy reagan said just say no and they had the war on drugs and so so these women you know they experimented in college but then you know they went on to getting married having kids you know drinking martinis and wine you know and they would like to learn about cannabis and they want to do it in an environment where it's safe where there's camaraderie where there's bonding where they're going to get education we're also going to do fun woo woo stuff you know like we'll do nature walks and we also have a nature therapy a, a nature therapy guide program that's very very um successful that one is my goddaughter so um who 
created that program too. I just love it all, Dr. LJ. And I love uh, in my program, the part of my program for the spiritual um, wellness specialist that we started off with the mind dynamics because I just, and I just told Jennifer, who's my best friend that introduced me to Dr. LJ in the course, we were just talking and said, we're going back to that because of everyday life. Everything. Minds, I mean, it is something that you find yourself going back to again and again <laughs> because it truly is the foundation. I mean, I feel like it yeah. is. And Jennifer, you know, being, you know, the cannabis program, which she graduated, does not have the mind dynamics in it, but it's offered to them. You know, she's welcome. She wants, you know, I'll, I'll open up that course for her because it is going in anything that you do. Like, let's say if you're a health coach and you're working with people that want to lose weight. I mean, it's the old adage. It's not necessarily what you're eating, but what's eating you. You yes. know, when you understand mm-hmm. how the mind works, you can get to some of those what's Absolutely. eating you, you know, because yes. otherwise you're using food as a uh, mood alter, you know, because you're, you're, you're trying to deal with stress or anxiety or something that's going on or depression, you know, and so having these tools automatically takes our coaches to a much higher place. It it was tremendous for me. It really did set those habits that I have. And I think people were going through that last year too. It was a whole new routine you had to set for yourself. And Mm -hmm. I mean, it was all of these transitions that we were going through and nobody knew how to navigate it. But with that, that gave me some tools, you know, that was great to add to my toolbox, like, whew. Right. So now, you know, I'm that's what back. we do is we give you this beautiful toolbox and we give you many, many tools, but you already come to us with tools, you know, and you, and you will develop your own tools, no doubt, you know, because we, have, we, we really tend to attract in a very beautiful tribe of like-minded people that have a lot of gifts to offer the world. I mean, I'd love to say that we create healers, but you know, you can't really call yourself a healer. It sounds like something that, you know, non-professional, but we really do, you know, with the way that we, all of our courses are designed to take you on a transformational journey of self. You know, you're learning about yourself, the way that we teach, you know, we don't just give you a little quiz and move you on. We give you learning experiences. We give you actionable activities, you know, like for instance, you've finished your meditation and mindfulness instructor. Well, most people you'd go to a school and then you'd, you'd have your little certificate to wave around, but how do you get going? How do you get started? Well, part of the meditation and mindfulness, we have you do a business proposal so that you're going to get our eyes on them. You're going to get somebody that can help you. You're you're going to be motivated to do it because once you leave the school, you're not going to be motivated. You're not going to have somebody kick in your butt. You know, our mentorship is something that we really take a lot of pride in at the school. Everybody, every student gets a mentor. Really great. It really is. And I also wanted to point out, Dr. LJ, that you said something else that was so profound here that and, and it's what I've had to learn also in my own career, just get, not keeping people in these boxes and just giving them this information and saying, you have to do this and you have to do it that way. You mm-hmm. mentioned it, not that I am an astrologer, but I love having all of the information and being able to present that to individuals. And then you take what you need, you do what you will with that. You don't have to use it all. But just being able to share the information in a way, like you said, that in a safe space um, from an expert, uh, it just, it, I, I just, it was amazing. And, and amazing. it gets, it, it gets people over the fear, you know, yes. more than anything, you know, because there's nothing diabolical about these instruments. You know, um, if you try to control people, if you try to put those footprints in their path, this is why I don't even, I do natal chart astrology. I don't do predictive or horoscope type of astrology because, you know, we have free choice and free will. And according to these choices that we make, we're going to have different outcomes. Like at any given moment you have, you know, are you going to take this road or are you going to take the other road? So if I predict something based on the other road, I might push you down that path. And that's bad karma for me. You know, Ultimately, you have to choose your own path. And that's really how we teach spiritual wellness. You know, we don't want to just make it where you're just like, you know, it's not, we we don't approve of magical thinking because it keeps people 
in a victimization mode. You know, you're looking to somebody else to have all the answers or to have the magic for you. You know, when I was in the Hispanic community, I would sometimes say, listen, I know that you're waiting. Okay, if I'm really, really, if I was really good this week, maybe la doctora, la doctora Linda Rosa, maybe she's going to take out her, her little varita de magia, her magic wand, and she's going to wave it, and then everything's going to be gone that I don't like in my life. You know, I was like, believe me, if I had it, I would. You know, but there's no such thing. You know, I wish I could change this world. This world is really a mess right now. And, you know, when I meditate on this and I get extremely depressed, which I, you know, which I have for a little while just because of, you know, how things are going and how disinformation is, is, is dividing people in this country. I just sit in meditation and the message I keep getting is just keep doing what you're doing. You know, get people out there in the world to lift up people. I mean, and lift up as many people as you can. And that's how we're going to get out of this. You know, uh, you just read the, you know, the hundredth monkey thing, you know, the critical mass, the idea that if enough people awaken, that perhaps there's going to be this critical mass and we will evolve as a species. Because right now it doesn't seem like we are. <laughs> yes, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I yeah. agree. Well, we are so grateful for you in the Natural Wellness Academy. Thank you so very much for all the work that you've done, all the work that you're continuing to do, and just really pulling in all of these lovely light workers um, to get out there in the world and really um, do this work and help individuals do the work so we can save the world, Dr. LJ. We're trying. Yeah, we are trying. And that's the most that we can do is that, you know, anybody listening, you know, you might feel frustrated because it is kind of frustrating what's going on. But, you know, you you can awaken, you can take your light and put it in service of the world. And that's really what we're all about. You know, we're going to help that light shine. We're going to help you be aware of it. We're going to give you the training that you need. Um, but most importantly, you know, you have something in, unique to offer the world, which, you know, it's like this gem that we want to polish and help you cherish. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. I truly appreciate you taking time out of your very, very busy schedule. Uh, but before we go, Dr. LJ, tell everyone where we can connect with you, um, where we can find you and the Natural Wellness Academy. We are the Natural Wellness Academy. So our website is naturalwellnessacademy.org. We're a .org because we are an organization. We're Natural Wellness Academy on uh, Facebook. I think that our Instagram, I don't go as far as doing, we have a social media director who does that and we have Instagram <laughs> accounts too. We even have, I think, a separate account that's got our cannabis program on there too, but probably just putting in Natural Wellness Academy, you'll find us because we've been around now. We're in our, we have started our uh, ninth year. So, I mean, we started our ninth year at the beginning of the year, so almost starting our 10th year next, next uh, March. So. Great, great. Thank you so much, everyone. Go to the naturalwellnessacademy.org website. Sign up for your course of choice because you know what you do is amazing. You, yeah, just requ request information on whatever course. We also have a lot of people in blended curricula where we can put together a specialized program. Um, it, you know, with discounts, you know, and uh, I think like something like 70% of our students go on and take another course with us. So we really do teach in a fun way. But request information and um, we'll connect you with a mentor if you'd like to have a meet and greet, you know, with no obligation. I can set up a phone call with you. I do that also as academic director. If I feel like somebody is, um, you know, like we often do, we sabotage ourselves as much as we want something. I'll reach out to clients who are not even my mentees or in a program that I'm creating and say, hey, do you want a counseling call? You know, sometimes I've done a, a reading, you know, just. I wasn't expecting to talk to you. I was not expecting to get an email and to talk to you. And she's like, no, let's yeah. talk. No, I feel like it's important because I kind of want to always be able to take the energetic pulse of where we're at. We're you know, even though it's online work, we do have very robust uh, forums and we do a lot of webinars and things like that. So you do get a chance to interact. Um, I know that our, our, our first retreats will probably be like at least 50% students because we all want to hang out together, you know, so it's a fun group. It really is. And I'm really, so glad really that you're is. part of it, Rona. I, I really admire you and I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. And I appreciate you checking in on me and saying, hey, are you getting your stuff? <laughs> you did check on me. Thank you so yeah, much. Because I will be it. out there just 
out there. So thank right. you so much. Again, thank you so much for all the work you've done and all the work that you're doing with the Academy. We appreciate you so much. And I cannot wait to talk to you again as I begin digging more and more. I'm just on learning experience too. I just started that folks. So as I continue going through the learning experience, we have 12. I'm sure I'll be back with Dr. LJ to talk about more. <laughs> it's going to get so esoteric. <laughs> yeah, it really is fascinating. You even said in my homework, like you certainly did more work than you were supposed to, but it's because I want to know. I just want to no, know. No, that's it's great. Amazing. I mean, you know, it's because it's not doctoral work or master's degree, you know, but we do, I mean, we, we put you to work, but you even went way, way beyond. It's, it's amazing work. It's amazing work that you want to know. So I'm excited that I, I went a little further. No, I love further. it. All right. Well, thank, thank you so you much, so Dr. Much. LJ. Have a great rest of your day. Everyone, thank you for listening to Road Trip to Wellness. We will see you next time. Appreciate you.